Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I just recorded for about seven minutes before I realized that my sound was going to my earbuds, not to my phone. So let's try this again. So it's been a few weeks since I've recorded a podcast. I've been really busy. I've done, I've, I've written a lot of articles, but I haven't made any podcasts. And the reason for that is I just haven't felt like it. I ha- I just, there's, it's just sometimes easier to write than it is to talk about things. But I'm, I'm ready. So here we go. Today I want to talk about how the world is changing before our very eyes. And it's pretty wild to, to just observe all of the things that are going on in the world. And it's, as a Christian, I'm not scared, but I'm definitely observing. I'm watching and I'm waiting for Jesus to come back. And, you know, some of the things that I'm seeing are the financial upheaval that's going on in America and around the world, the um, geopolitical changes, the war in Russia uh, and Ukraine, the changes in China, China making, you know, turning into a peace, peace uh, broker, <laughs> and then all kinds of severe extreme weather, such as earthquakes in Turkey, and snow and landslides in California, deadly tornadoes in Mississippi and other places, just all kinds of bad weather. And then we have had the terrible murder of six uh, people yesterday or the day before in Tennessee, and then just the angry threats from trans people in the media, you know, I mean, so much is going on. I really can't even keep up with it all. Oh yeah. And let's not forget today, something very interesting happened. A group of multiple scientists put out a letter saying that they are very worried about how fast AI is developing and calling for a pause in the training of the AI that is has not been uh, put out yet. They're saying that they need some safety rules to protect the world from this potential extremely powerful AI that is currently being developed. And these are people like Elon Musk, Steve, uh, what's his name, Wozniak uh, from Apple, and multiple other scientists. I mean, these are people that are involved with AI, and they, they're they saying, look, this, this stuff is so powerful that it could be used to literally uh, just change the entire world in some bad ways if we do not, you know, plan ahead. And they want people to to know this and they're calling 
for, you know, regulations amongst themselves. And I think they also want the government to get involved. But, you know, this is a, this is a serious thing. For example, one of the things that really stood out to me uh, was a guy named Tristan Harris or Tristan. And he said that, that the AI is so good that if someone had a sample of three seconds of your voice, that they could take that sample and they could make a fake conversation and then they could send that conversation to someone or that they could call you on the phone and your loved one or friend would think that it was you, but it would be a fake voice using your actual voice just from three seconds. So like my husband and I were discussing this and I said, you know, we're going to need a code word or something that we can make sure that the messages or phone calls or emails that we receive are not fake, you know, because people are going to be tricked. It's really, really scary when you think about it. And so these people, these, this group of people that put this letter out are trying to warn the world. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because it, too many times people put profits ahead of safety. So I know that I'm not the only one that is feeling like the world is just a little bit out of control at the moment. But I am confident that God is still in charge. He is still on the throne. This is all part of his plan. He knows what's going on and we can trust him. So along with the, the bad news and the, the AI and everything, I've, I've really been amazed and encouraged by the the stories that I'm reading of people who are coming to Christ, people who were formerly atheists, and then and now they are becoming Christians, or people who were, you know, just nominal Christians and they're now their faith is getting stronger. So that is very exciting for me to see. For example, J.P. Sears recently announced on YouTube that he believes in God now. And he used to just be like a spiritual guru guy who rejected, you know, religion, as he put it. But he said that, you know, he believes now. I mean, he made a serious video about it. And I know, you know, what you're thinking. He never mentioned Jesus, so that's not a good sign. I mean, he has to obviously come to Christ, but he's, he sounds like he's on the right path. And then, um, another author that I like to read, his name is Paul Kingsnorth. Um, he, he was an atheist. He was, a an environmentalist. He was a Buddhist. He, he said he was trying to find God all his life but he didn't realize that what he was looking for was Jesus. And, you know, now he's a devout Christian and, and he's very open about it. And he has a really big um, 
following uh, an audience, a, a big audience, and so does J.P. Sears. So it's exciting whenever, you know, God God saves someone like that who can who can put the gospel out there and and these both of these people be they're men and they have a lot of male followers. And you know, on on Paul Kingsnorth's Substack, I like to read the comments and there's so many people in the comments talking about how they have recently you know, converted to Christianity and recently become a Christian and it's just really exciting. So we let's keep praying for the lost and keep praying for the people that are that are going to perish in, you know, eternal eternal fire, eternal separation from God. I mean, even our worst enemies, we do not want that terrible fate to happen to them. You know, God can save anyone. So um, I wrote a really long blog today, and I'm going to try to just like hit the high points on it. And what I was researching uh, using AI (laughs) and other articles is how the U.S. economy is really in a is it's kind of at a turning point right now. Um I I think the great reset is actually happening. Hang on, I need a drink of water. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I mean, and when I say the Great Reset, I mean, the economy is is going to change uh, whether, you know, it's because of the World Economic Forum or anything else. What is actually happening is that the rest of the world that used to be, you know, a lot less powerful, less developed, uh, less wealthy than the U.S. is starting to catch up. Not all of it, obviously, but China is really, China is overtaking the U.S. in many ways. And that's their goal. (laughs) They want to be number one. So right now they are making friends with a lot of different uh, countries, including Saudi Arabia and just um, they they even went into Afghanistan and just all those eastern countries. Um, there's a thing called BRICS, and that's Brazil, Russia. India, China, and South Africa. But now there are a bunch of other countries that are joining up. And this is not something... BRICS is not new, but it seems like it might actually be starting to take off. And it's basically kind of a NATO kind of a thing, kind of an EU kind of a thing, you know, a coalition of countries. And and yet America 
is becoming more isolationist and kind of, you know, we, we're not in a very good position right now. So something's going to have to change. I, I really hope that Biden, you know, carries through on all his promises to spend all those trillions of dollars properly. Like if, if they're going to really, you know, spend that money, it needs to go on infrastructure and industry that can strengthen America so that we can have actual goods that we can export. Because right now, we have a major trade deficit. And we also have extremely high debt. So we're, we're not, our, our economic status is, is, is really starting to get shaky. So as we know, we have had persistently high inflation that the Fed, the Federal Reserve, is working on trying to bring down by raising its lending rate, its, uh, its rate that it lends to banks. And because of that, it has caused some banks to um, get a little shaky on their balance sheets, which led to those banks being taken over, and, and that led to you know, a lot of fear in the market. And, uh, and along with that, we have, we're seeing thousands of tech job layoffs. And so people in all income brackets are being affected by the current economy. Of course, the working poor suffer the most from inflation because they don't have any room in their budget for the price of groceries to go up and the price of rent to go up and the price of everything you need to go up. They just don't have the money. And, you know, um, even though wages have increased a little bit, they have not kept up with the the rising cost of inflation. But even the people that have money, what I like to call the investor class, um, has lost billions of dollars in the past year due to the stock market and due to banking failures. I mean, it's... Things are things are not too good. Um, for example, let's see. I have a quote here about how much money people have lost. It says um, the number of four hundred one k accounts with at least one million dollars in savings fell thirty two percent in twenty twenty two. From two hundred and ninety nine thousand, I mean, from four hundred and forty two thousand millionaires to two hundred and ninety nine thousand millionaires, um, which is that's a lot of money. Um, I, I feel really bad for those people that they were counting on that money. However, and when I'm going to get back to that, I'm going to, I really want to dive into this, I, this thing where we are being dependent on investing to survive. To me, that is just not a good 
economic model. And, you know, really it's, it's called monetary policy. And the, I've done a whole lot of research and just like learning about monetary policy. And I'm really nervous about the U.S. monetary policy. I don't know when it's going to collapse, but I really feel like unless they do, unless some major changes occur in the way America does business, I don't know what's going to happen. The middle class is really going to be hurt by AI. I mean, a lot of people are going to be hurt by AI, and a lot of people are going to be hurt by this continuing inflation and people are going to keep losing money in the stock market. I mean, it's a, uh, this, this type of monetary policy was started when the Fed was created. It was started with industrialization and you know, the Fed was created to try to attempt to provide some kind of stability. But what it has done, what has actually happened, is that a whole class, a whole industry built on gambling with other people's money has really become like the, a very important part of our economy. And, you know, when that, when the market fluctuates, it hurts everyone. So to me, that, that's not good. Um, another thing that happened this week is there were, there were people who were getting extra food stamps ever since COVID. And it was quite a bit, a, a lot more than normal. And that is ending like today or tomorrow. So people are, so now that groceries are so high, the people who have become dependent on that extra food stamp money are getting ready to lose that money. I mean, that, you know, as much as I hate it, that people need those food stamps, it just seems like this is not, not a good time to be taking that away when groceries are so expensive. I mean, I went grocery shopping last week and I was looking at all the prices. Everything has gone up. You know, this is not slowing down. Um, you know, gas prices have gone down a little bit, which I'm thankful for, but food prices really have not. And I, they say... They say that consumer prices are are way too high and that people are buying too much stuff. But I don't know who they're talking about because it's not me. <laughs> I'm not buying a bunch of stuff. You know, I mean, a lot of people are just barely able to feed themselves, much less buy a bunch of stuff. So I don't know who the, I guess it's, I guess it's the, you know, upper upper middle class still has a little extra money and they're they're buying stuff, but um I heard also yesterday that the housing sales have dropped by 
since one year ago. And that's because mortgages mortgages have gone up and you know, I don't think prices house prices have gone down that much in Texas. I mean, I've heard that in some places the prices are starting to be cut by quite a bit, but they're still way too high. And a lot of the reason for that is because people bought them when the they they paid too much. <laughs> they paid too much for those houses and they weren't able to flip them, you know, before the market started going downhill when they started uh, raising the rates. So, and what happened with the with the banks is a lot of those banks bought bonds during COVID. And um now those bonds are worth less money because the rates are higher. So banks are having to do a lot of funny accounting and you know they're having to shift their money around and and this is this is still a this is still going on. I don't think we've seen the end of bank failures even though Janet Yellen, of course, wants you to think that we have. So, so why why are people why are people um well what what is going on? And I already said that speculation or investing investing in other people's companies and in and and actually, you know, buying stock in a company like owning stock in a company that produces goods, actual goods or some kind of benefit to society like, um, you know, travel or just something real rather than um, just buying. And what people do is they gamble or speculate on the economy itself so they buy they're betting that the prices of different things are going to go up and down so they win or lose based on prices not not they're not actually investing in real companies so all they're doing is gambling and you know I I understand that there is a lot of money to be made in that, but to me, this is not a healthy way to to run a a country. Um, especially when some people are gambling with people's four hundred one ks or their other, you know, their other investments. I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I've learned a, an, enough about it to know that it's risky. It's very risky. Now there's some, you know, there are less risky investments and the, that's one of them is bonds, U.S. bonds, treasury bonds. Um, but the problem is that our government and the, the SEC who are supposed to be watching over these things and regulating things, they're not doing their job. And this goes, you know, this has been a problem since forever. You know, they, they'll, they like after 2008, which I, 
I might go into, because I wrote a whole bunch of stuff about that, um, they, you know, it was like they, they had to clean up the mess that they should have prevented. But the, the problem is that humans, humans want to get rich quick. And another problem is some people are really desperate or they're, they're just trying to improve their situation and they believe the, the sales pitch of these people who say that, that, you know, just give me your money, I'll invest it, I've got this great investment, uh, you're going to earn all this money, and they lose their money. You know, I mean, I feel bad for those people, but if it sounds too good to be true, it is. And there's one particular uh, thing that's very popular right now. I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead to that and skip over the 2008 thing. I'm probably going to post this blog. So if you want to read all this like extremely uh, large amount of information, you can read my blog. So what is a super popular thing to invest in right now? Bitcoin, except for the fact that Bitcoin crashed last year. It went all the way down to $17,000. And it had been as high as over 60000 And that is per Bitcoin for people who don't know, you know, anything about it. So, like, if you own one Bitcoin... One day it was worth like 60000 and the next day it was worth 17000 And some people have, like, some people are using Bitcoin, which they bought with dollars, and they're using Bitcoin to invest in other investments, so you can see how that could create a real problem for, you know, if if this Bitcoin loses its value and then those people are, you know, they're just going to be left holding the bag. Um, so what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is a, it's just a computer it's a computer um, mark in a computer ledger. It's numbers in a computer. That's all it is. It is a cryptocurrency. It, there is nothing um, physical about Bitcoin. It's all done inside a computer. And it's done with math. <laughs> Uh, so if you hear about Bitcoin mining, it that's actually done by like crazy math problems. But the thing is, these this person, this anonymous person, who could be more than one person, but they went by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto. And right after, very strange, I find this pretty suspicious myself, Right after the 2008 financial crisis, uh, this Bitcoin just showed up. And to me, it, it really has the look of a psyop or just a scam, you know, that the, this person was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with this 
digital currency and and you know it took a while but it it started to take off and then the price started to go up it it needed time to kind of for people to find out about it and they had to hype it they had to hype it hype it hype it i mean it's kind of like a multi-level marketing or a ponzi scheme and so it requires a lot of enthusiastic salespeople. And you will find these people all over YouTube and all over all types of social media. Because those people, they want the value of that crypto to go up. So people have to buy it. If no one buys it, then the value is not going to go up. But it, there are so many problems with Bitcoin. And I can recommend... Um, a really good video that you can watch that explains why it is a scam. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I'll find it in a minute. But he's on YouTube and he has a really good video. Dang it. Sorry. History. Okay, this guy's name, the, the video channel's name is James Johnny. And in the video is Crypto, the World's Greatest Scam. So just, you know, go to YouTube, find Crypto, the World's Greatest Scam, and watch that video. He has some other really good videos, too. He has a good one about MLM cults, you know, multi-level marketing cults and their high pressure tactics and how people it's people just lose their minds. I mean, it's definitely a cult. And then he has another one about um uh, mega church prosperity gospel cults. So there's some really, you know, he has some really good documentaries. Uh I'm scrolling through my e my video list here to see if there's anything else I want to tell you about. Uh, well, I watched one from with Amar Amir Safardi the other day, Sarfati, sorry, <laughs> um, and he he was in Israel and he was really worried about things that are going on there. So there's also a lot of turmoil going on in Israel. But back to the Bitcoin. Okay, there's another kind of Bitcoin called stablecoin. And stablecoin is actually backed by an asset. So it's a little bit, has a little bit more, you know, uh, less risk. But it still can be highly volatile. Um, so the basic sales pitch behind Bitcoin is that you don't need a bank to do it. But to me, this is like so not true. I mean, maybe you don't need a bank later, but the, you have to buy Bitcoin with dollars, money. So you trade your, your real U.S. dollars for digital currency. Digital currency that very few people 
are using to pay for things because very few businesses are accepting Bitcoin. A few are, but I don't know. Um, since the since the value dropped, I bet there's not that many. Um, but the idea is to get away from central banks. But I just don't see I don't see this being the way. Um, the blockchain works by using complex algorithms to verify and confirm transactions, which are then added to the digital ledger or blockchain as a new block, and each block contains a unique code or hash that links it to the previous block, creating a tamper-proof record of all Bitcoin transactions. One of the benefits of Bitcoins is that it, it can be done anonymously. However, this anonymity can also be a double-edged sword because it can be attractive to criminals. But what they don't tell you is that Bitcoin gets stolen all the time. So it's not actually safe. Um, it has a lot of problems. But the main problem, in my opinion, is that it's a Ponzi scheme. Because the only way it's going to have any value is for more people to keep buying it. So to me, it's just a pie-in-the-sky scam and a lot of people... Um, think that they can buy it when it's, you know, cheap and sell it when it's high. And, you know, everyone always thinks that, right? But if they're, like right now, there's like billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. And if if that was to drop down to, you know, barely, you know, worth being worth pennies on the dollar... That is going to have ripple effects in the economy. And, you know, people are going to lose the money they thought they had. And um, and it could also really affect confidence in the broader economy. Um, plus, like I said, a lot of people that have their um, their Bitcoin connected with other investments, you know, that's not that's going to be dangerous too. So another thing about blockchain is you may be seeing oh blockchain is the future blockchain is the future, but the thing is blockchain is really slow, and it's not. It might be good for a few things, but the at the current level of um, development, it's it's a lot of hype. Now, what about CBDC? CBDC, or CBDC, stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. So, Central Bank Digital Currency is not Bitcoin. It is not cryptocurrency. It is a digital currency that is backed by a bank, by a bank's, you know, uh, money that they have. So it's real money. It's not the same as Bitcoin. Now, it would be um, no different, really, than using your debit card or credit cards or whatever. It's going to be, it would be like dollars becoming digital dollars. 
So it's just the digitization of dollars. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not Bitcoin. It's not cryptocurrency. Um, a lot of people don't seem to realize that. Um, but the key difference between CBDCs and crypto is that the central bank of your country is going to, you know, back the value of the CBDC. So it's not going to rise and fall in value. It's not going to be an investment. See, that's the thing about crypto. Crypto is not really, I mean, they call it a currency, but it's more like a commodity or gold. It doesn't, it can lose its value very easily. It's like an asset. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, a car or something. I mean, a car, of course, is more and more valuable because it's a real thing. But it's not the same as money. I mean, I could trade my car for money. But, and you, you know, if you hold cryptocurrency, you can trade it for money. But the, the amount you get is going to vary based on the market conditions. Whereas like a vehicle, it's going <laughs> to, it's the same thing, but... It's going to be a little bit more stable. Um, so a lot of people are afraid of CBDCs because they, they think that, you know, the government is going to control us by, con you know, having too much control over our money. And that, you know, that, that probably will happen at some point, but Right now, I don't think that's their old, that's their immediate goal. Now, I, I think it's, you know, here's an, an important point. One is that things that are happening, sometimes things like things are developed like AI. AI is developed by scientists. Scientists always want to come up with new stuff, right? And they don't think about the lasting implications or the the evil ways that that new invention is going to be used and how it's going to affect real people's lives. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, the internet and computers and social media and so many things. So many inventions have affected our lives in negative ways. And CBDCs will be one of those. And so will, um, oh, I know something I should talk about. Um, I did do a, a I did do a blog on this the other day. Well, maybe I'll save that for another podcast. But if, if you don't want to wait, I, I wrote a blog on the Starlink satellites that Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX are sending up into the sky and I think that that is going to ultimately be a very bad thing that's going to combine with the CBDCs and the, the Internet of Things and all these smart devices are all going to require being connected to the Internet at all times 
and that's what these Starlink satellites are going to do. So if you want to read more about that and see some pictures and stuff, just go to my blog, um, blueskiesandgreenpastures.com, and it, the title of the blog is LEO Satellites, The Real World Wide Web. Now, I admit that they're really cool, and, you know, the more I learned about them, I was like, wow, this is really interesting stuff here. But, like I said, it's going to be, you know, it's going to turn out bad. It's going to turn out bad in the future. Because do we want to live in a world where robots are doing all the work and and we are connected to the Internet at all times? And, I mean, you know, sci-fi is coming. It's We're going to be... If Jesus doesn't come back first, which I think a lot of us expect that to happen. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I guess I will go ahead and end this for now. I'm scrolling through here. Um, if you want to read all the details about the all the stuff that I wrote about the Ponzi schemes and the blockchains... Oh, and there's some information in here about com computer um, algorithm algorithms that are used in the stock market and um, information about the dollar and how the U.S. is like a world bank and how that is changing and how we became the world bank. So I kind of wrote like a really long thing here. Um if you feel like doing a little reading, basically, I did the research, and you can just read it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, thanks for listening to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. If you're one of the, you know, seven people that actually listened to this, and if I see you in public, let me know what you think about this stuff. You know, I would love to be able to discuss these topics in, in person. So let's keep praying and let's pray that the Lord will save all our friends, all our family, our children, that they will all come to know the love of Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the grace and mercy that is offered to those who will repent and believe. And let's just speak the truth in love. And let's be strong in the face of persecution because that is what we are called to do. So God bless you and take care.